0: Hello and welcome to Ferris Forward. I'm your host, Dave Eisler. (laughs) Joining me today are three Ferris employees who have been involved with some remarkable things during this COVID pandemic. They've been working together to help create items for health and safety of people around them. And so delighted to be joined today by Brian Paholka. Brian, good to have you. Thank you, sir. And Luke Hedman and Emily Zhu. So thank you all all for joining us. And so
1: how did this project get started? Around the beginning of the pandemic, uh, an ex-professor here, Clayton Rise, contacted me. Um, The tendrils of Ferris run far and wide. We're kind of like that fungi up in the UP that spreads all over he contacted me because he knew I was here because my daughter graduated from the television program. He contacted me and put me in touch with Kevin Leiser at uh, Operation Face Shield. And he wanted to know if we could make these parts for him. He, I said, yes, we could make the parts for him. Do you have the mold? And he said, what's a mold? Um, he didn't understand that the process of creating a plastic part. It takes me 30 seconds to create the part itself, but it took us a month to get the mold made. Uh, We had uh, a lot of people involved with creating the mold to uh, make these parts. Um, I let Luke talk about how the mold ended up getting designed. Uh, We, uh, on the first day he contacted me on a Sunday, uh, the next day I got a, found a mold base, had a um, donated mold base ready to go to a machinist down in Powell, Michigan to cut the mold and didn't have a way to get down there. Uh, Jim Dunkel from Big Rapids Towing stepped up and offered to drive it down there. So from a Sunday afternoon to a Monday afternoon, we had a thousand pound mold base sent to uh, the machine shop to get started getting the mold made. And then Luke came in to design the help with the design. So I'll turn it over to Luke now and talk about a little bit about the de- designing.
2: Sure. So when Brian put me in contact with uh, Kevin from Operation Face Shield, uh, he didn't realize that I had already been contacted by a second organization uh, called Nerd Heroes that uh, was on the west side of the state and was doing almost exactly the same thing. They were... Um, at that time, 3D printing frames for face shields. And uh, so I realized all of a sudden that I was the only person who realized that there were two groups trying to do the exact same thing on opposite sides of the state. And they were using different designs. They had both come up with their own variations of a design for the same thing, a frame for an ultra low cost face shield. And so I just kind of coordinated between those two groups to commonize on one design, so that no matter um, you know which uh, customer, you know whether it's a hospital or a health department or uh, emergency services or whatever, um, they could use parts produced from either of these two groups, and it would work with the same uh, you know face shield templates and all the rest, and so. Uh, it was actually pretty neat how both of these groups, um, it didn't take very long for them to talk together and decide which of the two designs was best. Um, they actually, to their credit, they, they were completely selfless. They didn't care that it wasn't their particular design that got selected or whatever. They just wanted the best overall design. So they 3D printed and tested some and decided which one was the best. And then um, they provided me the CAD model of the frame, and so um, I basically just went through, made small changes to it, and then sent that to the tool and design, tool and die shops so that they could make the mold base. And so um, what that effectively did was uh, prevent some redundancy, and it made it so that there were actually two molds in the state of Michigan that were cranking out nearly identical uh, frames, and they would work no matter where they went because there there wouldn't be a you know different design problem that would uh, crop up as a result.
0: What a great story. Now, Emily, we've made made face shields, but there were some other things that that this group put together, weren't there?
3: Yes, absolutely. Uh, So in the very beginning of the pandemic, it, it really was just a few people that started a Microsoft Teams group. And over time, people were just added to this group. I think at one point, we had more than 75 members. And so it was really cool in the, in the beginning of the pandemic when things were so uncertain and and really, quite frank, frankly, scary. Um, this group of people from all over Ferris just sort of started brainstorming, what, what can we do to help? There has to be something that we can do to help. We have all this knowledge and all of these resources. What can we do? So Brian and Luke talked about the face shields um, that we've manufactured and distributed, but we also, Um, kind of narrowed it down to making cloth face masks. So we had a group of a dozen or so um, people that were sewing cloth face masks um, and distributing those locally, um, both in Big Rapids and in Grand Rapids. Um, And then we also uh, manufactured ear protectors, which are just kind of this this thing that you put on the back of your head and you can um, attach your face mask strings um so that so that it's not resting on your ears and kind of protecting your ears and that's actually something that Brian and Luke could talk more about the manufacture of uh, manufacturing of those things as well. But um it was it was really actually pretty cool in the beginning as we were trying to figure out uh, what we could do because everybody wanted to do something. Um, and we had a lot of different ideas, but we kind of narrowed it down to those three things, those three different types of PPE that we were able to make and distribute.
0: So, a great story.
1: How how many of these face shields have have you all made? I've produced uh, right at 45,000 face shield frames. And, uh, oh, I'm probably at the 30,000 of the shields itself. And uh, that was a a story in itself, trying to get the material, the clear material. Uh, When we first started this, just on the teams, we put out a thing asking for uh, overhead project, overhead projector sheets. And the campus just ran to their closets and found these things that haven't been used on campus in years. And we got them. So our first probably 15,000 of them things came from on-campus cabinets. People in town were bringing them in. It was amazing to see all the people coming together. To Everybody wanted to do something. They didn't know what to do, but they wanted to do something. And they all came together to do it.
0: And they didn't, you didn't just talk about doing something, you actually did it. So who benefited from these efforts? Who did these go to?
3: So locally, we have served more than 50 organizations, both in the Big Rapids area and the Grand Rapids area. These include organizations like, you know, different health departments, doctor's offices, dentist's office, assisted living facilities, um, different nonprofit organizations in the in both of the areas, um, and including some Ferris departments and academic programs. Uh, so, in addition to sort of the the local reach that we've had with with these uh, different um, PPE, uh, I'd love for Brian to talk about Operation Face Shield because our our face shields have actually gone around the world. So, uh, Brian, if you want to talk about that, yes, Operation Face
1: Shield is uh, Kevin Lisa out of. Uh... Ann Arbor. And he, uh, he was the one that kicked us into gear and he's got him traveled all over the country. Uh, had some go out to the, uh, Indian nation, the, uh, tribal areas out in Oklahoma and stuff. Uh, we've had him go to Nicaragua, uh, El Salvador, uh, the Bahamas, uh, they are just the ones I can come up in he, his organization was flying these things. He had a, pro, a, a bunch of private pilots were flying these things. They would fly in here to pick them up, uh, get them down to Ann Arbor, either add their shields to them or take some of ours and fly them. So we was literally producing them here, and the next day they was uh, Oklahoma uh, on a ship or a, a jet going to South America. So it was amazing what he did and how it fanned out so quick.
0: That's stunning. Manufactured at Ferris State University and going around the world. Yes. So do you, do you, do you have a story from this experience that any of you would like to, sh- to share an experience that happened because of this, this
1: effort? The, the thing that, I, that I'm going to take away from this is the fact that it happened. People didn't talk about doing things. We did things. We solve the problem we, we hit it as hard as we could with what we had at the time we didn't wait for tomorrow we didn't wait for the next day we did what we could do with what we had that's what I'm taking away from this.
3: And I would just point out too that you know we had people involved with helping with the actual manufacture of manufacturing of these things but we had so many people helping in other ways too we had people that were reaching out to the community and the different organizations to figure out what they needed if they needed anything. Uh, we had people making deliveries all over the state um, to make sure that they, after they ordered and th- these things were manufactured, that they got these things in a timely fashion. Uh, I mentioned this, the the people that were sewing the the cloth face masks, um, people helping Brian and and Luke with uh, manufacturing, and other people helping with you know the design aspect. So there are just so many different things to do, and everyone just kind of picked what they could do and what they felt comfortable doing and had the capacity to do and and they did it. And together with minimal coordination, I mean, it was really just everyone figuring out where they fit in, we were able to do so much. And I've never been a part of something quite like this. And it was truly amazing uh, to watch and to be part of. So I'm honored that I had had a role. Um, in in what we've been able
0: to do. That's a great story. Now, Luke, you played a unique role here because you actually brought these organizations together. Did you ever imagine that that would happen when you got started?
2: So I didn't see any of this coming and it kind of just got dropped into our laps. I think everybody was a little surprised when we were making discoveries about what these uh, different groups were doing on different sides of the state. And so it was neat to play sort of a coordinating role And uh, I think from my perspective, the thing that stands out to me most about this is that uh, the supply chain, as we know it, in uh, not just the United States, but sort of the world over, it's a very powerful machine, but it doesn't turn very quickly. And so that was really the main handicap at the time was that uh, there were lots of other maybe, you know, injection molding companies or something that could make these things faster than we could, but they couldn't get things done as quickly as we could they couldn't get started as fast as we could and uh, that was you know the supply chain has since caught up uh you know we don't need to sew cloth face masks anymore because the supply chains caught up similarly you know the demand for face shields maybe has dropped off a little bit but um at the time there were very few organizations that could make the face shields that brian was cranking out um, as quickly as he was. In fact, at the time, I remember uh, one of the members of the uh, response team did, did some benchmarking and found out how much it would cost to purchase face shields like the ones we were making um, at the scale that we were producing. And it basically turned out to be economically unfeasible. They were uh, What we were producing for free and distributing at no cost was literally tens of thousands of dollars worth of PPE. And uh, so that, to me, was the thing that stood out: is we were doing things faster and much more economically than uh, than what the supply chain is able to produce. I think that was a really remarkable thing.
0: Brian, you've been you've been cranking these things out since last spring, and I think it's important for people to remember this was happening when everyone went remote. Uh, how many hours do you think you've invested in 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 making these face shields?
1: I don't even think I could estimate. Uh, during during the longest uh, period of time I was here 12 hours a day cranking out the frames uh, and you know six days a week for I was probably a month and a half two months doing that and um, yeah I, I, I couldn't even estimate how many hours are involved but the, you know that was just my part there's other people uh, Bruce Hammond helped me out he was uh, making the shields punching out the shields individually and I don't know how many hours he put into that. You know, there was some time invested in doing things, but I, I couldn't give you an estimate.
0: And that's that's a great point that there were others who, who accepted you, uh, who assisted you in this process and uh, pretty yeah. remarkable team collaboration that you put together. They
1: they, they came, it was like, like field of dreams, uh, build it and they will come. They found out that there was something they could do. Like I said, they want to do something. And everybody was willing to do whatever they could. It was pretty amazing. It gave me a little bit of faith in humanity again.
0: Now I understand we're not making the face masks anymore, but we're still making the the face shields. And if somebody out there is listening to this podcast and they they'd like to try to get a face shield, they need it for for some work. There, how does that happen?
1: Uh, they could email me. It's uh p-a-c-h-o-l-k-b as in boy at ferris.edu or google ferris plastic program and find me on that through that.
0: Well this is this is a great story and uh, I'm I'm incredibly proud of the work that you've done and that you've led. I, I just it's a great story of of our people at Ferris helping others in times of need. So I want to thank you for this work and for the work that's still underway. And thank you for setting such an example for our community and for our students. Delighted that, Brian, that you joined us today. Thanks for being with us. Yep. And Emily and Luke, thank Thank you you for being with us. Uh, You're welcome. This is Ferris Forward, and I'm your host, Dave Eisler. I look forward to joining you again on our next podcast. Thanks so much for being with us today.